What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam, join with Matt as always. It's the first weekend of October. Playoff baseball just started, and we're getting into the meat of the football season. It's a great time of year. I always said October is my favorite month, selfishly because my birthday is in the month, but you know, I think a lot of people would agree with me. Matt, agree, disagree? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm not sure I would agree uh, that it's the greatest month, but uh, I'm doing okay. It's um, it's a happy Friday. Um, you know, for any for any listeners that care, I've actually I've been sleeping better. Maybe you'll hear it on the show because uh, you know we had we had a rough couple months there. But uh, no, I, I feel good. I feel uh, I feel energized. I'm excited for the football. Um, I still haven't topped into as much baseball as I said I wanted to, but hopefully that changes tonight. And uh, that's about it, man. Yeah, baseball definitely on the forefront. Playoffs begun, and we're into the division series. So uh, definitely want to talk some a little bit of baseball first. We got, obviously, the Jets and Giants preview around the league, and then our picks will be at the end of the show. But let's hop right into baseball because some interesting developments on the Mets side. Billy Epler, uh, not to much surprise uh, of if you've been in the, the news and been in the loop of the Mets, has resigned from his position with the Mets. And it's a little cloudy, apparently. Apparently, uh, there has been some investigation into, quote-unquote, improper injury injury list placements on behalf of the Mets and Epler, according to John Heyman. Matt, what do you think of all this? Is this just another, you know, Met thing that can't go right? Is this a good step in the right direction? Is it a mix of both? Give me some of your thoughts. Well, that follow-up report kind of... Uh... You know, th- that threw me for a loop a little bit because I'm not I'm, I'm not really sure what it means. I'm a little bit concerned with it. I don't know if there was a larger story that I just missed on it um, so far. Uh, I think the move itself, just when it first happened, I don't think anyone should have been surprised about it. I think the book, um, you know, we, we can call it a firing or a mutual parting of ways. I think that that happening before the postseason was really just a, uh, a respect to Buck sort of thing. And then I don't think we ever really thought that David Stearns was going to have uh, Billy Epler stay here. And then you see he resign, which, you know, usually you just kind of assume that means eh, he was probably fired. But now this this follow up report, which I, I don't know much about yet, uh, it's a little concerning. Uh, I, I don't think it's anything that, you know, cripples the Mets moving forward or anything. I think you're just happy to get Epler out of the building and you're happy to finally have a baseball man in the, you know, at, at City Field. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's going to be more to come with that. Is there anything you know about that that I don't thus far? Because I yeah, feel no. like all there was was the, the headline and a little blurb. Yeah, I think the details are still still a little murky. Um, You know, I guess if you're in the belief, you know, maybe the MLB kind of doesn't want the story to come out until after the postseason is done. And maybe it was just kind of not like leaked, but, you know, maybe this is like more so of an offseason story. But we'll we'll get those developments as they go on. Um, but now the Mets uh, have a couple vacancies, right? They uh, they're going to need a head coach and now they're going to need to, I guess, uh, maybe they don't need to necessarily fill Epler's shoes, but I'd be surprised if they didn't hire someone to kind of just be the, the B guy here. Right. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I haven't really heard who it might be or anything like that. Um, I know there's a list of a couple of people that David Stearns has either worked with or is close with and, you know, but I, I do expect Craig Council to be in here. I don't know who the GM is going to be. I'm not sure it matters. I, I think that 
you know, let's say you had David Stearns here from the jump with Steve Cohen and then Billy Epler was kind of the stand-in GM guy. I'm not sure anyone would have a problem with Billy Epler, you know, but I just think for the sake of washing your hands clean, good, get him out of here. That's fine. And uh, let's start to bring in all his own people. I feel like that's really, you know, it, it, how this is all going to go. We'll see in a couple months, but no, I mean, it's a step in the right direction to, to get rid of anyone that had anything to do with uh, formulating the team that took the field this year. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with the, you know, the washing the hands clean method, um, especially if you've had such a, I guess an underwhelming season like the Mets had. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Craig Council as the possible head coach. Um, you keep you so, keep saying head coach. I, I'm I'm in football mode, man. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's why I'm just I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm lost in the baseball. The uh, the manager or you know the uh, the the, the poster boy like, now right. honestly is what a head co- uh, a manager is in baseball. But Craig Council. Uh, been with the Brewers since 2015 where Stearns was his uh was in the front office with the Brewers there so that's where the direct link comes from uh just recently let go by the Brewers so I think you know just people are drawing lines there I don't know if it's you no know, for certain but I think if people had to put their money on it a lot of uh people in Met circles would probably say that Council is the guy there um why, why are people so low on Bloom now I ask this without really knowing what's gone on with him too much lately or what he gets blamed for, for the most part. But I, I, yesterday, I just, as soon as Billy Epler was out, I just saw a ton of tweets just like, do not call Heim Bloom. Where does that come from? Because I remember a couple of years ago, Met fans were eager to have, you know, Heim Bloom be the baseball operations guy. I'm not sure. I, I I've seen a little bit of that as well. And, I I couldn't tell you. I can't I can't really answer for them, but I think to me it looks like it almost looks like this is I don't want to say you know the NBA they talk about like tampering. This seems like everything is happening in in such a succession that I think there might have been some, you know, behind closed doors agreements leading up leading up to this offseason with the Mets. Do you agree or disagree? Uh potentially. I like I I would like to at least say that, yeah, they probably had conversations with Stearns uh, ahead of time. And then Stearns probably said, I'll come if Council comes. And then when Council is the, uh, the coach next year. I think Stearns kind of gets to pick his guys, I think. Yeah, and that, I'm cool with that. Um, anything else you wanted to add to the situation? I wanted to talk some, uh, again, some some picks in the uh, AL, the AL and NLDS no, no, I, the Mets should just stop making news. Just fall into the background for a little while. Yeah, don't have a don't be the the headline when you're not in the uh, in the playoffs. Don't yes. be the headline. That's that's yeah. the, that's their goal for the playoffs. Don't be the headline. Um, but there are other baseball games that need to be played. Series series is that even a word? Series that need to be determined. And we're gonna make some picks. Uh, I am gonna start with the ALDS. The Everyone's favorite Orioles against the Rangers. Remember, these are five-game series now. I think I like the Rangers here. I I, I just I just want to root for the Orioles. So give me the me Orioles. Too. But I mean, the Rangers' offense has been lethal lately. So I mean, that that's going to be a going to be a steep hill to climb. But uh, yeah, I mean, give, give me Baltimore. Why not? My only my only take for the Rangers there is I just think the the problem with the Orioles is their pitching isn't you know elite yet they have you know good pitching staff 
Uh, Batista and their bullpen gets injured. He's out for the playoffs. That's a big hit. Um, and I think this Rangers offense is just really good. And I think it's going to tax those arms. Um, I, I'll say the Rangers in five. You want to give a number the, to your series? The Rangers pitching staff is just – it's made up of just guys who had a moment in New York. <laughs> Whether it's Scherzer, DeGrom, Montgomery, Aroldis Chapman. Uh, even Evaldi. even like Evaldi where he yeah. had moments with the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. So – um, yeah, I mean, I guess just give me the O's and five. All right. So the next American League series, the Twins facing the Houston Astros. Correa versus the Astros. Interesting storyline there. Um, I'm just going to say it. I think Astros in three. I don't really know if the Twins belong. Yeah, I agree. I also just think there's just a there's just a mental thing there for Minnesota. Like, man, are we really going to beat Houston when we just found a way to win a playoff game like for the first time in our franchise's history? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I like Houston. I think they keep rolling. I think they they're just one of those teams who's been there. They take it to a different level when uh when it gets to October. Yep, and uh, I think you know just looking at this team now with you know they they've had their injuries throughout the year, but now that everyone everyone's healthy, right? This lineup is is ridiculously scary, right? With you know Bregman back, Altuve, Jordan healthy, Kyle Tucker, who's always just been an unsung guy in this team and then you know you're you, you find that your seven hitter seven and eight is like jose abreu and and uh jeremy pena which might be three hitters on other teams so um definitely a, a deep lineup there and i i i think this is the astros american league to lose um in my opinion but uh i think our, our rangers astro series is definitely intriguing to me um we'll head over to the nl now where the first series is the Phillies against the Braves, the NL East, the two NL East monsters here. No yeah. Mets, but the two foes of the Mets. I'm going to take the Braves. I think it is, again, like I said, it's the Astros American League to lose. I think it's the Braves National League to lose. But I think the Phillies might give them a little bit of a fit here. So I'm going to say Braves in five. Yeah, thanks for the reminder that the Mets are not in the postseason. I wasn't uh... – Yeah. I wasn't made aware until now. Yeah, I agree with you. It's 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 the Braves' league to lose. Uh, I think yeah. the Phillies, you know, they'll have that one game at Citizens Bank where they come up with a win, they get everyone fired up. I, I think, I think this is a four game. Yeah, this is a four game bout. The Braves are going to come out uh, victorious. So give me your give me your on a scale of one to ten. How shocked would you be if the Phillies won this series? Seven, eight. Wow. Okay, like, so you're, I guess you're it saying... is, there is still that thing where, you know, it is an NL East battle. It could get a little it could get a little weird. It could get a little fluky. But I mean, well, you know, why why would they beat the Braves? I, I like Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. And then the last series, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. I think that you know, you look at the records of this team, the Dodgers hundred wins, sixty two losses, Diamondbacks only eighty four wins. But I think the Diamondbacks are young. They, they play good baseball and they have a really good pitching staff. I'm still going to give the Dodgers the series here, but I think the, I think the Diamondbacks will be able to squeak out one game. So I'm going to say the Dodgers in four. Yeah, I agree. I think the odds are, are tipped maybe a little, a little disrespectfully in the, in the Dodgers uh, favor here. Uh, you know, you said it, Diamondbacks are young. I'd like to see them put up a fight. I'd love to see a series like this go five. Uh, but yeah, I also have the Dodgers. So is there, I guess there's really nothing we, uh, disagreed on except for the Rangers Orioles series there yeah and I think you know 
I asked you if you'd be stunned if the if the Phillies beat the Braves. I wouldn't be stunned if the Orioles beat the Rangers. Just, you know, I think the, you're right. The Orioles are a fun team to root for. Um, you know, they're young. I just I don't know. I just don't think they're there yet. I don't think they have the the pedigree of, you know, an, an ALCS team. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I could be totally wrong, totally off there. But um, all right. So that'll do baseball. Um, are you ready to hop over to some football? Yeah, let's do it. I guess the Giants have the first game this week, right? Uh, you can Giants. call it a game. Uh, the The line, as I last looked, was 12 and a half. The Giants head to Miami and play the Dolphins 1 o'clock. Um, this is the Giants are in a tough spot here with this for sure. Uh, this is a they're facing an absolute juggernaut that just came off a, you know, a loss to the Bills, who I think we agree are, are just a better team. But you know, I think the line speaks for itself. 12 and a half is a ton of points. These next two games are going to be crazy for them. Um, yeah. So, you know, they have to be kicking themselves for being one and three uh, coming into this spot. I think Miami is a team that, and we, you know, we, we're yet to see it this year. So maybe they're just a different group. And there was also a, a trade that just came through, right? Yeah. The uh, Miami Dolphins, he probably definitely won't be active this week because I think well, the Bears played last night. Um, I don't really know how that works, actually. But Chase Claypool, uh, disgruntled wide receiver on the Bears, who was receiving healthy and actives, has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I believe late round pick swaps and whatnot. Nothing, nothing too too crazy. But yeah. Dolphins get another weapon. Um, yeah, it's a play- it's a player we've seen be good before. Yeah, but, so uh, you know, I guess. My point here is just Miami is a team that we've kind of seen, no matter how good they are for a collective season offensively, they do every now and then kind of lay an egg. Uh, We've seen it over the past couple of seasons, yet to see it this year. Uh, The Giants need something like that because they're staring one and five right in the face. Yeah. And who would have thought that six games into the year, your season's dead, which it very well might be. I don't know how much you care about the the PFF grading and all that. The Giants are dead last. And I don't really know that I have an argument against that. Is there a team that you can point out that has looked worse than the Giants just as deep into the season as we are? Because even some of the worst teams in the league, you want to say Arizona, you like those teams have, have put together some games that the Giants haven't. So this is, I mean, I, you can't even call this a huge game because it's kind of just you just I don't know you're you're probably going to have to deal with being one in five and kind of saying sayonara to the season that's what it feels like I said after last week's loss to Seattle you know you asked me to give you a word to describe it I said can I give you two I think it's season ending so uh, and I still feel that way so these two games aren't going to do anything to help the Giants I, I just is there any way they can keep up is there anything I just defensively there's no way they can and they obviously can't chase the Dolphins points wise. And then all that said, you know, you're the guy who always likes to say, I don't like to I don't like to side with teams with a lot of turmoil going on. The Giants have a lot of that right now, out of nowhere. Right after the culture change and all that, all those good feelings you had from last season, they've sort of they've gone away. They're out the window. So that's yeah, just my, I, my feelings on this game and this Giants team right now, and it's disappointing. I like the Giants. I wanted to see a, a good season here for both New York teams. But no, I mean, these next two games are going to be tough to watch and they're tough to break down because what do you even say? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the only saving grace here for the Giants is uh, Saquon Barkley has practiced in a limited role at, in the last like four or five practices. So most likely he'll be back on the field there. But, you know, that gives you another weapon. But you're right. You, you're you can't you can't defend this team, but then you also can't get into a track meet with this team because you don't have the offensive power to do so. The only I think way that the Giants can win this game is is if, like you said, if Miami lays an egg, where you know maybe they just got you know shook up by the the, the Bills last week, and um, yeah, you know maybe they, they the Giants get a, a great performance from Kayvon Thibodeau, and the Giants do send um, a lot of pressure at the quarterback. I do know that, and I know that Tua isn't really. You know, if you think about just an X's and O's standpoint, if you're sending blitzes a lot, you know, you don't have a lot of time to get your receivers downfield. So maybe the Giants kind of neutralize the the long passes to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle um, with with a lot of blitzes and make them go short and then make them earn the yards. Maybe that's their 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 plan this week. But yeah, it's going to be tough to limit this offense. Um, it's gonna be, and you know, one of the notes I had written down here was don't fall behind early. You know, make Make the first get out of the first quarter down, you know, three nothing, right? You know, make it a little bit of a, a defensive battle and maybe make a stop or two in the first quarter. And just I, I don't know, I guess try and control the time possession. You know me, I say this about almost every game. Run the ball. If Barkley's back and he's healthy, use him, right? Don't don't just show him and make him be a you know a pass blocker or a little check down. Actually use him. Get him in the screen game. Get him, uh, you know, out of the backfield on on some dynamic routes. Um, again, I'm not saying the Giants win. I actually think I would probably lean with the Dolphins giving the points, to be honest. Um, but to try and be a little optimistic, you're right. It's very hard. Um, you mentioned one thing about uh, the PFF grades and how the Giants rank last. And you're right. I, I don't really – the only teams that come to mind that I think have looked worse than the Giants are, you know, maybe the Cardinals – Maybe the uh, the Raiders haven't looked that good, but like these teams are formidable. They're, I guess the Panthers would be the one team that I can definitively say are just not better than the Giants. But other than right. that, we're I'm talking the bottom third of the league. Bottom. You can't field. even say Chicago because I think if you put Chicago and the Giants on a field right now, I'm 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 with Chicago. Yeah, after that performance last night with Justin Fields and DJ Moore going for three touchdowns, do the Giants even have three touchdowns on the season? Kidding, of course. I know they, they don't have, have three touchdowns the... in them this week. I don't think. I, I I don't think so. Yeah, that's a that'd be a good. Uh, I wonder what the Giants team total is this week because the over under is forty seven and a half. The Dolphins might put up forty seven themselves. Yeah, you, you know? talked about establishing the running game with Barkley. I think this is going to be another one of those games where you can't do that. I think this game, yeah. not I don't even want to say gets out of hand early, but I think the second you fall behind to this team, knowing how many points they're capable of putting on the board, you're going to have to abandon the run game right away. I wouldn't be totally surprised if Saquon Barkley had more receptions than carries. Well, yeah, that I mean, that's just the thing that we've seen across the entire league. You're, and you're right, I wouldn't be stunned either. They, they're going to, but, but I think, you know, you got to sometimes think, the Dolphins are going to know that. And the Dolphins have to know coming into this game that they have the offensive advantage. And, like, so you, the Dolphins are probably going to start preparing for the screen game. And they're going to be preparing for all these, you know, fancy ways to get Barkley the ball opposed to just a straight handoff. And, and, you know, maybe that's where it falls on a guy like Daniel Jones to have a great game on, with his legs. And, 
you know, I, I'm just trying to be a little optimistic here. I know Wandale Robinson looked good in his. He was like the only kind of bright spot in that whole game. Uh, maybe you get him involved a little bit. Get Now you got two playmakers. Again, we're begging for Jalen Hyatt to get in the field. Guy can't even get a target, uh, let alone even, you know, get, get called in the field to run a route. Uh, you know, I think the Giants are going to look across the field this week and say, wow, so that's what happens when you can take the top off a of defense? Like, you know, and Jalen Hyatt is that guy, but man, again, I, I, you're, you're right. It's it's tough to break down these games. It's tough to break down any game that's a, that has this big of a you know David and Goliath sort of feel. Yeah, and there's a lot of things in question. There's, you know, you might look at these next two games and say, well, the season's over, whatever. This might be Daniel Jones' last chance. So can Daniel Jones go out there and and do? Let's say do what Zach Wilson did last week, where you're playing a team that's just better than you. But, you know, maybe you outplay the opposing quarterback. Maybe you show me something, because he's going to have to at some point. And I know these situations aren't exactly the same, because you can look at Zach Wilson and say, well, he's been the entire issue for the Jets. I wouldn't say that that's the case with Daniel Jones. But go out there and have a game. Carry your team to to being competitive this week, like Zach Wilson did last week. You're going to have to find a couple of games like that uh, when you're making $40 million and the team has no reason to commit to you past this year. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, maybe if you're a Giant fan and you're trying to, again, trying to find something to grab onto, this Dolphins defense got torched last week, albeit a much better offense and a much better team than the, the Giants and the, in the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, g- giving up 48 points on defense is, to any team is never a, never a bright spot. So, you know, maybe... Maybe Daniel Jones plays like he did in the second half of the Cardinals for, you know, four quarters. You don't know. Who would know. you say you is most know, but... to blame for the offensive woes of the Giants? You can give me more than one name if you want. Because, you know, every week we say, man, Darren Waller, he was brought here to do this, you know, and he's doing that. Or we say Jalen Hyatt, you know, he's a playmaker. Well, why isn't the ball in his hands? Is it is it those guys that we're saying, you know, like we're, we're killing Darren Waller? Is there a chance that this is a Daniel Jones issue? And maybe last year he, he did it with smoke and mirrors a little bit. And maybe he's not one of those quarterbacks who has, you know, maybe the just doesn't possess the skill to have the luxury to be like, I'm going to this guy now because that's an impact player. Is there a chance that that's what it is? Or, I don't or know. Could about it be play calling? Could it be, you know what I mean? Like just from your eyes view of watching the Giants offense, who does this fall on? And, and just without saying everybody, because it probably yeah. is. But just who would you point the finger at? The mo- who would you assign the most blame to? So, so my thing with the Giants has always been, or you know, this year has been, I, I am a Daniel Jones believer. I think he's good. I think that you know you get a good team around him, and if he can play like that's it. Last I think year, in the right situation, he works. That's what I think yeah, he is. Exactly. So that given, and you know, thinking about the talent on offense, if they brought if they brought Darren Waller here to be your top receiving threat. Maybe you swung and missed there. Maybe he's not, but I don't think he's a bad player. And I, you know, maybe they're just they need to find a new scheme to get him, you know, where he's not necessarily the the one A every time. Maybe that means you know splitting Barkley out or so, just doing something fancy. But I think the I just have had a problem with this roster construction from day one. Right? They 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 have like all of these like weird like C plus kind of receivers on the outside. No one's really like a big threat to take the top off the defense other than Hyatt. Uh, but again, he's still a rookie, barely can get on the field. 
And I don't know. I guess my answer would be the, a weak answer, but I guess the roster construction because I think it's just you know you came into the season and you're you're telling Darren Waller, hey, welcome to the Giants. You're now our our one and only option on the outside in the receiving game, and he's like a tight end, right? It's not like a, a Tyree Kill where you know you got to when he's on the field you got to commit multiple guys to him. Darren Waller, you put a good corner on him, and yeah, he's he's gonna. He'll be covered, and maybe he can, you know, outblock them or whatever. But you know, it's tough to have a tight end that's a real, you know, one A on an offense. And I just don't know if Darren Waller's been that. I don't want to point the finger at him. I think my my, my I, I think that's a good construction. Point. I think that's a good point because I guess if you have a guy like Darren Waller, let's say that this is prime Darren Waller, and the Giants are misusing. Let's just take for granted that he's still that impactful of a player. If, if he has to be, you know, your de facto wide receiver one and you have to split him out wide, yeah, I guess that takes away almost the whole purpose of bringing him here, which was, and this might just be my view on it, I think he was supposed to be a big safety blanket sort of target for Daniel Jones. We talked about Travis Kelsey last week. They shift him all over the place. They move him around. They get him in space. He, you know, whether it's just uh, a, a spacing route, in the middle of the field, and then he's going to get, a, you know, what, 10, 15 yards of yak. The Giants don't seem to do anything like that with Waller, and it might just be we don't have enough talent just everywhere else on the field offensively. That could be what it is because, I mean, you, you can't really misuse a tight end like that if he's not going to be prime Travis Kelsey or prime Jimmy Graham where, you know, I think those guys probably have a case to be like, no, I'm actually a wideout. I should be paid like a wideout. I don't think Darren Waller was ever that. You know, even his yeah. best years with Derek Carr, he was never that. So it could just be a case of the Giants don't have enough. That's that's a that's a good point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, well, you're welcome. That's why I'm here. Uh, and I think that the uh, yeah, I just think the roster is is just flawed. And obviously, and then you you talk get into the offensive line where you know, Evan Neal is you know we don't even need to go over that that whole story with him yeah, being the fans and whatnot. Don't even want to talk about that. But then Andrew Thomas can't get on the field, and already there it's play. You're playing mixed match with this offensive line, and like you said, Daniel Jones is a guy who, with a good offensive line, and with even I'll even give him decent weapons. Give him give Daniel Jones decent weapons with Saquon Barkley and a good offensive line, pretty much like they had last year, and I think you you can have a very formidable offense and a very you know, and then I think the bigger problem here is this defense. I mean. The defense and the special teams have been disgusting. I haven't heard Leonard Williams' name once. Dexter Lawrence, where you at? And then last week, the special teams, I think they had six or seven penalties on them. They, you can lose the game just by that. People forget that there's three three sides to this game, I guess. And uh, it's a lot of a lot of ugly there. And you're right. You mentioned that. I don't like I don't like siding teams that, that we know where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm a big believer in that. And you're right. There's a lot of smoke here for the Giants. So this, an ugly loss here, could be uh, might be the, the early nail in the coffin. Um, I gave my lean here with the Dolphins minus twelve and a half. I'm gonna assume you're the same way. Yeah, this is a this is a Giants team that does not have a turnover this season. Yeah, um, or think, one of the teams that hasn't taken a snap in the lead. Yeah, yeah. Who is that other team? They must stink. Yeah, we'll talk about them next. Yeah, so, so they don't have a turnover this year. Uh, if you want to compile the season, they're minus eight in turnovers. And I don't even know where they rank in penalties, but they might already have 
the, they might already lead the NFL in single season special teams penalty yards um, in the history of the league. So uh, that said, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Miami too. Uh, they should win by two touchdowns. I'd like to see the Giants lose by three to seven points. I'd love to. But no, I don't think there's anything to feel good about right now. And this is now also a team that we talked about the Jets last week. That game against the Chiefs obviously kind of kind of helped push it down a little bit. This is a team with a lot of turmoil going on, whether it's Evan. And they, they always have. I don't know if it's a coaching thing, but, you know, Kadarius Toney, Evan Neal, um, they, they have a few. You know, sometimes Thibodeau runs. They just have a, a locker room of guys who seem to do whatever they want. Like, they just don't seem like a, a terrifically run organization. And that's coming off a year with uh, when you had the coach of the year. So it's I, it's head, it makes you want to scratch your head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Miami as well. And what's very telling about that is, do you remember earlier in the week when I sent that, that tweet? It was a fake, the fake record of the Giants. It was the picture of the boat, uh, the infamous Giants boat picture with Odell and all them. And... Uh, and then underneath the the quote was, "Oh, the Giants are like ten and ninety nine since this picture," and it was fake. But like, it was so it was so believable that it was like, and so like not far off, I guess. I think the real record was like thirty two and seventy since that picture, or something like that. But well, just the fact that it was like somewhat believable tells you all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. So um, now I guess. If you don't have anything else to say about the Giants, we can get over to the other team in New York or the other team in the NFL that has not taken a snap with the lead, and that is our New York Jets facing... What'd you say? It was the Jets? It was the Jets. And facing the Broncos this week, the the Embarrassment Bowl will talk. uh, The McFeely Bowl. The McFeely Bowl is a better name. Uh, that is a 430 vehicle, given that they are in Colorado. And this is a this is a game where he, he, this is kind of like everything that's gone into this with the Sean Payton stuff uh, going into the season. Obviously, the Rodgers injury, a new, new sort of look, looking Jets team than they had going into the season, obviously. And then a struggling Broncos team that they get a big win, a big comeback win last week against the Bears. Their offense looks pretty good, and then this defense is just miserable. So there's no reason why the Jets can't put up points this week. If they get another performance like Zach Wilson had against the Chiefs, I think they win this game. And I think they could prop they, – this defense for the Broncos is so bad that if they do get that Zach Wilson performance, they might win this game handily. Yeah, there was a, a part of me that was afraid to start Justin Fields in fantasy this week, right? Just because – I know Washington doesn't have a great defense, but there's something about me that about the the front seven of Washington that just scared me going into last night's game. So I legitimately thought about picking up Zach Wilson and giving him a start this week. That's how bad the Denver defense has been. I would call this game a must win for the Jets. If we take it back to the preseason and we have all that drama, Sean Payton throwing Nate Hackett under the bus and all that, I think for me as a fan or just an observer of this game, I think that that for me is sort of washed away. You have to win this game now. That's kind of a nothing burger. But we know that bulletin board material exists in the end, not even just in the NFL, in sports. You know, listen to some of the greatest athletes ever, you know, Michael Jordan making things up to motivate himself. I think that 
it adds a little juice to the Jets for sure. I think that they, I think that they rally around Hackett, and I, and I think it plays a little part going into this game. Whatever, but I think as fans, we can push that to the side and say, well, how do you win this football game? Yeah, um, and I think I think there's a couple ways that you could do it. I think we yeah. laid out in our when we talked about the Chiefs. I think that you can again get a confident Zach performance, but I think that later in that game they found some explosive plays that worked and. Some of those explosive plays led to some awesome play action, um, action by Zach Wilson. Get him out of the pocket, moving his feet, and I, I do think that there's a couple ways the, the Jets can definitely win this game. What about what are your some of your thoughts there? What, what are some things you want to see going forward? Well, it's easy to say that if if Zach Wilson replicates that performance, the Jets are going to win the game. But I, I don't think this is a week where you're going to have to do that. This might be a week where you actually get to turn Brees Hall loose. Because like you just said, they haven't taken a snap with the lead. So every week we go, damn, Brees Hall had six carries? What's that about? I think this is a week where you could give Brees Hall 18 carries and Dalvin Cook six or seven. And then, you know, just like last week with the big play setting up the play action, I think that'll set up the play action for the Jets here. What's slept on about Denver is their offense has not been anemic. They've been able to score some points, especially late in games. So if your defense isn't going to completely take control of this game, I think against a, a defense like Denver's, you have to control time of possession and just keep moving the chains, which is not, that hasn't been the, the recipe for success for the Jets in a couple of years. Because, you know, since when do we ever see the Jets with the, with the advantage when they're on offense? This is one of the first weeks you're going to see that. So... There's a couple things that concern me about that, sure, because we've seen the offense be as bad as they have been before. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to stay on last week. I think Zach Wilson has seemed, I don't know how much you heard him speaking this week, just seems like an adult now. Like maybe I don't want to say taking it a little more seriously, but just matured in a short period of time. And I'm not sure you can name another player who's dealt with more adversity than he has in such a short amount of time. So I think that looks up. I think a lot of the turmoil in the locker room, that's kind of washed away from last week. So if they can control this game on the ground and Zach Wilson can just even even with a smaller sample size, just look somewhat like he did last week, there's no reason you shouldn't win this game. I think you win the turnover battle and you play smart. You don't look like the Giants. You don't have 100 yards and penalties. And you're the better team this week. But I do think that the over-under for this, I, I I would hammer the over. I think there's going to be some points in this game. Because so I have be Denver, you know, compiling all those desperation points at the end or whether it's going to be the Jets just routing the Broncos, there's a lot of opportunity for points in this game. And that's not a thing that has gone well for the Jets in the past. That's all I'll say. But obviously, I love the Jets this week, and it's a must-win. Agree, agree with that. I also do love the over. I have it at 43 and a half right now. And I'll say this, the, of course they got, you know, they got 70 put on them. Uh, the, the Broncos defense that is, but other than that, through four games, they're averaging 38 points given up each game. So is it, let me, uh, let me, I'll, we're going to play a quick little game here. 38 points on average, right? By this defense. If the Jets put up 24 points, right? Is that a crazy ask? No, I, I think you might need it. And that's not to say the Jets' defense took a step back. It's not to praise the Broncos' offense. But I I think 24 points might be – that might be the number that you need. 
Like that okay, might so, be the winning number. So twenty four. All right. So you're you're you would sign for twenty four points right now, right? Yeah. Would you? I think you, so win now, that game you sign, If you sign for twenty four points on a scale of one to ten, what's your confidence that this defense can give up less than twenty four points to the Broncos' offense? Seven, six and a half, seven. Okay, so you're so then you should be pretty confident that the Jets should win this game. I, I am pretty confident. It's just we've seen before. You know, I I'm I'm willing to say with you that oh the Patriots just have the Jets number, right? So this is different. This is a team that you're better than and really truly should beat. But we've seen it before. They just they kind of find a way to play to the the skill level of the opponent. It's strange. Because, you know, they go into a game with Kansas City and Buffalo where you're like, where you're like they're outperforming them. And then you play the Patriots and you lay an egg. So it's it's just, they're a weird, I don't even want to say streaky. They're just a, a strange team. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll say this. I think the Jets can definitely win this game. And I think that there's definitely a path for them to win this game. Uh, you know, I don't want to be the guy that puts all his the stock in this Chiefs game that, uh, or the performance out of Zach Wilson that we got in this Chiefs game. And, you know, to be honest, the defense really hasn't impressed me that much. You know, we talk about a vaunted defense and we talk about, you know, how, how good this defense is. And yeah, they got all these turnovers from Patrick Mahomes last week and they played well, right? But at the end of the day, they still gave up a lot of points and they, they had, they got the turnovers, sure, but with a good offense and, you know, the Chiefs the offense has struggling and then the Broncos offense has been playing pretty well. You know, I'm nervous about this game. I think this is a game where we're going to look at it and, and maybe the Jets don't come out on top. And maybe it's like a, a touchdown difference where the Jets kind of hung around, just couldn't get it done. I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. But I, I my confidence level is not that high here on the Jets, to be quite honest. But I, again, I wouldn't be stunned if they won, but I think if I had to pick a side in this, Broncos is giving two and a half at home against a, a Jets defense that you know really hasn't been all that impressive. I think I'd lay the two the two and a half here with the Broncos. You see, I'm I'm just not positive that I agree with that. It, like if we just go game by game, right? You give up 16 to Buffalo, you're thrilled. The outlier is totally the Dallas game. And it happens, and it is what it is. I think I think the Patriots game was great. If you're going to give up 15 points, sure. Listen, maybe they didn't play the most outstanding game ever. They give up 15 points. You should win the game. And, I mean, are you going to tell me you're not happy with 23 to the Chiefs? You know, when you force turnovers and you kind of, I, I don't want to say locked up, but you certainly limited Travis Kelsey, who might be, you know, who's certainly their best player. I, I would say that I am impressed with the Jets' defense. Maybe not quite... 85 bears but i think every week outside of the dallas game they've gone out there and given the jets a chance to win yeah they definitely have right again minus the dallas game but i just think that this offense and you got to think too right you know i always talk about hungrier dog the broncos need this game too right and i always say that you you can't lose divisional games you can't lose home games this is a game where, you know, the Broncos go to one and four, just like we said about the Giants in, in that division. And their season is done for, right? And, uh, you know, I think they got a big win. I'm a big believer in kind of carrying over, uh, you know, especially a comeback win like they had last week. Got on the board. I think the, the Broncos are 
a little bit better than what their record says they are. I think they they've played a tough schedule, um, and, and I don't know something about this Broncos team is I don't know if it's the talent. I don't know if it's my you know closet bias for Russell Wilson, but I, I'll I'm going to be tuned into this game for sure. Obviously, just I'm tuned into every game, but four thirty. Uh, I think there's only three games or four games on at four o'clock this week. Um, I'm I'm gonna be up for this game, and I but I, I I'm I'm skeptical. I don't know if I'm as confident as you are. So well, what makes you say that? Just because just because of the the uh, the PTSD of, of what we've seen from the Jets in the past? Because I think you go into this game knowing that you're the better team, and when you say the Broncos are better than their record, I would well, say why, well, why do you say certainly that? are too? Are you you're saying that off one Zach Wilson performance though? No, I'm I'm trying to limit the the Kansas City nonsense. I'm, I'm trying to not become biased because of that game. But going into the Patriots game, I had this same level of confidence, and I don't know why I'm doing it to myself again. But you you would feel like the Jets are the better team, yes. So if you get a decent performance out of your quarterback, you're confident the Jets would win. Still no, I still think that you know this. There, this can be a scenario where again, I like the over because I think there will be points scored. But is it crazy to think that the Broncos win this game? You know, uh, twenty twenty six to twenty one. Well, then you're asking. You're saying that you're expecting the defense to have the worst performance they've ever had while together as a unit. Uh, but, well, I'll say this too, maybe. But I think this, again, I think this Broncos offense is a little underrated. Russell Wilson is actually playing uh, pretty well this year, if you go look at his numbers. Yeah, and, then, yeah. uh, and then, again, I just don't think that, you know, again, this is in Denver, so the altitude definitely will play a factor into the 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 tiredness, we'll say, of uh, of the Jet defenders, and the Jet, especially the Jet D-line. Uh, and, and I think that if the Denver home field advantage is, is a strong one. And, you know, again, we saw Zach Wilson in a, in a comfort, I guess, a, a comfortable environment uh, at home against the Chiefs and kind of with his back against the wall. But now with a little bit of breathing room here behind him, um, metaphorically, and then going on the road to Denver, and again, a team that just needs it just as much as the Jets do. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm weary about it. I, I'll say that. Well, th- this isn't a game that I want to play every week because there's really no point, but just trying to gauge where you're truly at with this game. If I were to hand you an Aaron Rodgers with a clean bill of health, where's your confidence meter now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Much, much higher. My, I guess my 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 head is that, you know, I'm not too bought into that Zach Wilson performance last week. Okay, so so it's the same answer for if Zach Wilson were somehow able to replicate that. You love the Jets. If you can, again, if you can sign me up for, you know, twenty four points, and and then I'll bet on my bet on just strictly the defense. Sure, but I just don't know if, you know, I I can see that I can see the same kind of thing happening with the Chiefs game that hap, is going to happen here, where the defense plays okay, maybe gets a turnover or two. Zach Wilson plays okay, but it's just not enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can uh, see so it. I'm, it would, it would be disappointing if you're gonna almost knock off the champs and then lose to, I mean, what, they're gotta be one of the worst five or six teams in the NFL. I, I maybe record wise. And, you know, obviously it's embarrassing getting 70 put on yourself, but 
I don't know. I, I think I think it's I don't like I, I don't like it. It smells weird to me. I guess, but me, you, and nine of our friends could could probably drive in for three against them at least. Yeah, I I don't know. I just don't know if Zach Wilson is. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if there's problems with Zach Wilson or necessarily the defenses he faces more so than just himself. Let me put it that way. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. What What are you up to for this game? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to obviously be watching with my Bronco fan father. I will be I'll be home because I will actually be working that evening. Unfortunately, well, you know I don't hate working at, at night because I'm work, I'm just working in my room and I just kind of lock into the games anyway. So yeah, we got um, oh I have six monitors in my room. This and that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, poor me. Um, yeah. But let's but let's go. I know same scenario as the Giants. If they lose this game, obviously the Eagles are coming to town next week, and you'll also be staring. One and five in the face. So who's the hungrier dog? I don't know. I feel like both teams are preaching must win coming into this one. You'd like to just see the better roster win. If they don't, and I know I said this about the Patriots game. If they don't, this they, like there's there's nothing else left. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the, you got to just keep banking on the fact that, that the back end of the schedule is weak. Yeah. But uh, that's for the Jets, that, that's really it. Um, we're, we're reaching a, a long episode here. We got to get our picks in, got to go around the league. Let's do that real quick. Let's go. We're going to go really speed round. And then what we'll do is we're going to go through all the games. And at the very end, we're going to, you want to just picks. make our official picks first. You want to do that? Yeah. This way we don't have to give them while we're going or say, Oh, I don't want to pick this one. And then we get to just really speed run it. All right. So I'm going to get, I'll go first since my game's first. The Jaguars get the, the the London game back-to-back weeks, and I don't like them this week. I'm going to take the Bills. I think the Bills are just the way better team. I, like, I get the whole London thing, and I understand the you know this is pretty much a home game for the Jaguars, especially since they've been there since last week. Bills giving five and a half here. They're a touchdown better than the Jaguars for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I would I'd probably take this game at six and a half with the Bills, but five and a half here, I love it. I I really think the Bills probably you know they they just demolished everyone's favorite team in the uh, in the Dolphins and yep I'm gonna take it as my one point play. That's a good pick and it's it's a game I was uh, staring down. What I'm gonna do for my one point play and this is more so just to put some juice in it for me. Uh, I am gonna take the New York Jets. Uh, I don't think they qualify for an underdog pick. I think I have it in mind. But I, I wouldn't want them for, for uh, three points anyway. Yeah. Um, give me the Jets as my one-point play uh, to cover plus two-and-a-half in Denver. I, you know, I don't I don't hate it, per se. Uh, obviously, if I wanted to take the Jets and I thought they would win the game, I just betting-wise, would probably just take them on the money line. But I get it. You know, we can't do that given the underdog rules. Um so for my next pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing for the fences here. This might sound a little crazy, but I need to pick up pick up some points somewhere. Um, I think I know what you're gonna do. I'm gonna take an underdog pick. Yeah, and it's gonna, gonna be eat. the Minnesota Vikings. No, did I did think about it, but I'm actually gonna go against another monster team in the in the uh, in the NFL. I'm gonna pick the Rams. Right, Rams are plus four and a half. I'm gonna take them on the money line. Um, I believe I got them 
I'll have to find what I got them. That'll be on the graphic, but uh, plus four and a half there. So they cover they they cover the underdog uh, uh, necessity. Um, and I just think you know Cooper cut back. I think that you and I have been have spoken very highly of the Rams. I think that they're this is a team that everyone kind of overlooked. I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're home. And then for this Eagles team, look, they look good. Obviously, they're going to be there at the end, and obviously they're a powerhouse. But I still think that there's something wrong with this team, something a little bit off in, like, the passing game. I think they get off to slow starts, and then they always find themselves, like, at a point in the game where they're in the game, right? They're not, like, blowing teams out, and there's always, like, a turning point where they've turned it on and they can turn it on. But I think with a team like the Rams – with all their weapons this week, Matt Stafford, obviously a gunslinger. That's that you know he's a dog. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Um, and they get them at home. I'll take the Rams in the money line for my three point underdog pick. Interesting pick to, uh, ru- to ruin the Eagles' perfect season. And again, yeah. sorry, last thing on it. I think you know. I think you've said this last week, or we were we were talking about a game or so within the last two weeks or so. You said it's really hard to go undefeated in the NFL. So you know, pick out the losses on, in the schedule. This could be a this could be a loss on the road against the Rams. That's fair. Give me the Rams. That's fair. Uh, my two point play. I'm taking a big number. Uh, and by the way, if you can give the score, if you happen to remember that after this pick, that would be great. I'm taking a big number. I'm going to take Detroit at home to cover ten points against the Panthers, who earlier in the show I think we said. Might be the only team who's looked worse than the New York football Giants. I think the Lions should cover that number. Um, and, uh, you know, you wanted to ruin a perfect season. We're going to we're gonna keep an imperfect season <laughs> intact here. So Lions to cover minus 10 at Ford Field. Don't, don't hate it at all. Um, I, I think that it is a little bit too big of a number for me, but I think you, you're, that has no sweat written all over it to me. I don't want. I don't want to be that guy that's going to ruin your pick, but that has a yeah. that has no sweat potential written all over it. Yeah, like that one time um, that you made a bet, and I was like, "Oh, Sam, you're going to hit this," and then I had to hear about it for like a month straight because you lost. Yeah, got it. Um, by the way, we are now up to fifteen and five on the season as a collective between that's borderline myself. absurd. It's it's crazy. It's kind of crazy. We're kind of on fire. Um. And then, by the way, the the guest pick this week is the Texans plus one and a half, a very high consideration for myself as well. Um, they are in Atlanta facing the Falcons. Uh, our guest picker probably is bought into the CJ Stroud hype. He is on. Well. Uh, he's playing really well. That team it looks electric. And I don't. Uh, as for the Falcons, Desmond Ritter kind of got himself a little bit embarrassed there by the Jaguars last week in London, and. There's some, there's some, you know, we mentioned smoke and fire. There's some smoke there that Ritter might not be the guy there. So um, definitely, definitely interesting pick there. Let's go to the rest of the games. We've already went down the first three. The next game we have to cover, the Colts plus two and a half at home against the Titans. Colts plus two and a half at home against the Titans. Uh, is this a Gardner Minshew vehicle? Um... I believe Anthony Richardson is back. Yeah, it should, it should be a rich. It should be a rich. Um, yeah, no, that would be Richardson. I will. I'm going to ride the Colts. I just I think they've been more impressive lately. I don't think the Titans do anything that impresses me. 
I agree. I'm, I'm you have DeAndre Hopkins there. playing the Darren Waller role over there. It's just, I, I just, I'm bored of the Titans. Weren't you the guy who used to say you love to watch the Titans play? Is that kind of gone now? Just without it is, it is gone. They, yeah, Derrick Henry's still possessed. there, but it's not the same. I mean, they just refuse to run Derrick Henry 30 times a game anymore. And like, I get it. Obviously, you know, your bodies break down, and you know, there's different ways to win a football game, I guess. But I like to, I'd love to watch the Titans. You know, two, three years ago when it was. Derrick Henry, 40 carries a game, just pound it down the defense's throat the entire game. That was my favorite. Um, but I think those days have passed, and I, I too like the Colts there. We already went over the Giants and the Dolphins. Next game, this is an ugly game on paper. Uh, a coin flip, Patriots at home giving one to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I mean, I guess give me the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots at home minus one. I feel like you got to take that. Yeah, don't know how healthy Derek Carr is. Also, I don't know, really don't know how much of that game I'll be watching. Yeah, and and you know that's. I, I would love to see the Saints win and make the Patriots one and four, but I'll take uh, I'll take the Patriots only given one on the at home. Next game, the big divisional game here. Always good games between these two teams. The two and two Steelers host the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are minus four and a half on the road. Yeah, the Ravens, I think, are – I'm very back and forth on them. By the way, a very low over-under here at just 38 points. I think the Ravens are – they're close to being one of those, like, oh, they should be there at the end sort of teams. But then they'll take a step back here and there. Um, we talk very highly of the Steelers every week. It feels like the Steelers games are the toughest to pick just because you never really expect them to to go down without a fight. Or, and obviously, you never expect them to have a losing season, but – Four and a half is tough. If this is two and a half to three points, I love the Ravens. I'm still going to take the Ravens. A little bit of hesitancy. For some reason, it's just one of those AFC North games. I, I'm taking the Steelers, and the only reason I'm taking the Steelers is because of Mike Tomlin. I think I think that he's he's hearing all the things about, you know, Kenny Pickett's not the guy. This guy, you know, uh, is the Steelers regime over. I think he's always up for these games. Steelers plus the points at home. This I'll is the Mike Tomlin show. Yeah, uh, this is a this is like a prime game where we're gonna look back and say, "Wow, Mike Tomlin won this game for them." If he ever gets fired, he's gonna he's gonna land on his feet somewhere pretty pretty softly because of this podcast. Oh yeah, we're the biggest Mike Tomlin supporters on the East Coast. Easily, tri-state area for sure. Definitely. Um, Next game we went over, our, I, I picked the Rams to just win outright. Did you have a lean there? It was plus four and a half, Rams home against the Eagles. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like the point you made about, well, you're going to have to pick out the losses somewhere. This could be that week, but, you know, I, I think that week maybe comes against a Dallas or something like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep riding with the Eagles, but I, I, it's tough with the points, especially being on the road four and a half. I could totally see them winning by a field goal, but I'm just going to ride with the Eagles just because – it seems to make the most sense. And I don't have to hit a home run here. You do not. Definitely not. I want, I hope Pete Alonzo says that every once in a while next time he comes up to the plate. But next game, the Bengals, the one and three bowl. Bengals minus three at the Cardinals. This is an ugly one. Um, I, You know, I think you're if you're a Bengals believer still, you're getting them at a cheap price here, minus three. I don't know if I'm still a believer, but I'll – I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals plus three. That's fair uh, because I also don't know that I'm still a believer. 
And if the opponent was maybe 27 of the 30 other teams, uh, I go the other way. But in Arizona, uh, get yourself to two and three. You kind of have to. Yeah, I, it's this. This might be an ugly, ugly game too. But like the Cardinals have shown some fight. Like I, I was. Yeah. I'm on record saying that I feel like they've gone into the season wanting to lose every game. They've really, really shown some some promise here and some. They can find ways to score. Like they run a, a better offense than a lot of like average to good teams. Yeah, they, no, you're right. They they definitely do. And you know, guys like James Conner, Hollywood Brown. Zach Ertz, they, they have some a decent cavalry of offense there, but <clears throat> I don't know how, how serious the, the rest of the roster is. Um, next game, we already went over the Jets and the Broncos. Chiefs-Vikings, Chiefs on the road giving three and a half. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Vikings, and it's because of a TikTok that I saw yesterday. Uh-oh. I don't know if this guy is a barstool guy or if he, I don't know. You ever see, the? I think his name is Jack Mack or something. Yeah, he's the best. Okay, he laid out this exactly what's going to happen with all of this. I don't even want to say the name. Just mute yourself if you're going to complain about it. All of the Taylor Swift stuff. So what's going to happen is the Chiefs are going to head to Minnesota, and they're going to lose this game. And it's going to be one of those, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to say fluky. The Chiefs haven't looked great, but it's going to be one of those games, right? So they're, they're going to lose outright. And I did think about making an underdog pick. But I was too excited about my being 2-0 and in underdog picks, and I didn't want to mess with it. They're going to lose this game. And then Taylor Swift returns to Arrowhead next week, and they defeat the Broncos. And then Taylor Swift will then be 3-0 and in attendance, and then she's going to become their blah, blah, good luck charm. That was the plan that um, Mr. Jack Mack laid out, and it makes a lot of sense. And I already was sniffing this game out before that. So I, I like Minnesota. Interesting. Uh, using Taylor Swift to dictate your picks. Interesting strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next game. I use, I use her to dictate my life. Don't say that out loud. The next game is probably early contender for game of the year. What the a three treat. 3-1 Cowboys head to San Francisco and play the undefeated 49ers. 49ers are minus three and a half at home. This is a monster of a Sunday night game. Yeah, and we, we've talked a lot about Brock Purdy. I think uh, this is going to be one of his first real tests, I guess, because when you're on a team with that much talent, um, you know, it's easy to beat up on some teams. I think Dallas in that conference would be the only other team that you can say has looked as good or at least in the same stratosphere as San Francisco. So this game really is an absolute treat on uh, on Sunday night. Just there's there's something that's making me lean Dallas. I could see just their their defense sort of taking this game over. Uh, this is a pretty high over under at 45 when you have two outstanding defenses. Obviously, both teams can score some points. This is going to be such a great game. At least I hope. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna ride with Dallas. I just feel like there's something about them that's been a little more impressive just to me so far. And I'm going to go on the opposite of that. I, I'm going to say pretty much the exact same thing, but about the 49ers. I mean, Chris McCaffrey's almost a lock for two touchdowns every week. Uh, there's talk about him possibly winning the MVP this year over quarterbacks. And Dallas, uh, Dallas that defense will ruin some of those plans, though. Uh, I Look, I, I, I'm hoping that this is a close game. I'm just going to go with the machine at home. Uh, 49ers, I think they're, I think they're better than the Cowboys. 
And, you know, you, we always say get three points for being home. I think they're a half point better than the Cowboys. So I'm going to take them minus three and a half. And then I wish this was flip-flopped a little bit. Honestly, I wish they could, like, flex this game out because I would rather the Chiefs-Vikings game be here or even even yeah. the Cowboys 49ers. Well, you know the golden but... rule, thou shall not have two good primetime games in a row. That's like the Correct. golden rule of the NFL. Well, we got a gem last night with the Bears and the and the Commanders. That was a that was a barn burner, um, especially if you played DJ Moore in fantasy like I did. Thank you very much. Next game, the Monday night game, last game of the slate, the Packers head and play the Raiders minus one. Raiders are home. I like Green Bay. That's all I have to say on the matter. Um, this is again, then obviously minus one, another coin flip. I mean, this it would make a- sense if you wanted to take the team at home. I just think that the Packers, I don't know. They, they've run a little bit of a tighter ship. I just like them a little bit more. Uh, the, I, I really don't know where I want to go. I'm literally going to flip a coin. We're going to hear it online. On, ready? Tails. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Okay. Raiders, Raiders minus one at home. Let's go, Jimmy G. Let's go, Jimmy G. So a lot of a lot of back and forth here with us this week and on the pod, and uh, definitely a long episode for sure. Um, but got a lot in. Uh, definitely a big week of football. I'm happy that the Giants and Jets game are different time slots from one another. I hate when it's like the same time. Um, so that'll be good. Can definitely get to focus, really focus on both games. Um, anything else you wanted to add? Anything other any other topics you wanted to talk about before we get out of here? No, uh, it's been a pleasure, and everyone enjoy the football. Everyone enjoy the football for sure. We'll be back early next week. Talk about, um, let's say we'll be lucky if we can talk about one win. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be lucky if we get to talk about one win in the city this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, All right. So thank you all for listening. Enjoy the football and peace out.